0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Coming up on nine minutes past the hour, let's say good morning to Hayden Briscoe, head of Emerging Markets and Asia-Pacific Fixed Income at UBS Asset Management. Hayden, great to have you with us on the show today. There's a lot of risk out there in the market, and and we see investors turning to some haven investments, like they're buying the dollar like crazy. The dollar has, has had uh, huge gains. But... Uh, Bonds, uh, not so much. Um, Right now we've got the yield on the 10-year Australian bond at 4.08%. The yield on the 10-year is at 396, and the two-year even at 428. Uh, You'd think that some money would be pouring into bonds, but just the opposite is happening. Why?
2: Well, I think they're interlinked, to be honest. If we look at the US dollar going higher and higher, what we are seeing at the moment is the central banks are stepping in to defend their currencies, and in particular the Japanese. Uh, you would have noticed when the Japanese yen got up to 145 in price Thereabouts, uh, the very next night or that night, we saw a big jump up in yields in the US. So central banks, as they step in to slow the decline in their currency relative to the US dollar, are letting go of their foreign exchange reserves. So we're seeing more and more US dollar bond selling across the curve. I think the interesting thing this time is maybe not necessarily in the front part of the yield curve, which is typically where they sell. It seems to indicate they're selling across the entire curve. But we won't get that information for some time. Um, so we'll have, it, continue to see them selling, I think.
0: When it comes to the, the, the currency weakness and the intervention that we've seen, there's been some speculation that you could see sterling intervention too. If not, what kind of moves, though, do we see in terms of parity there?
2: Well, I think, obviously, the sterling is uh, just, a, I suppose, one of the many currency that's under pressure right now. Uh, you know, relatively small economy, uh, smaller than Brazil, I like to tell everybody. So it's not a huge economy to focus on these days. But it's just an indication of what's likely to happen, I think, with developed market countries. We need to be concerned because they, what they're doing is, as inflation's rising, they're then using fiscal largesse, And uh, we saw that with the UK, and they're not moving away from quantitative easing, more towards this debt monetization or modern monetary theory, MMT, yeah. which is essentially says spend like as much as you want until your inflation rate takes off, which means your currency is gonna continue to come under pressure. Then you have to hike rates, collapses your ma- domestic macro backdrop, your currency sells off, and guess what? That's an emerging market debt characteristic. So there is a potential we're starting to see the early signs in developed market bond markets or economies taking on emerging market like mm. characteristics.
0: And we wanted to talk about the Fed, uh, St. Louis Fed Chief James Bullard warning that the Fed's credibility is on the line. At what point do we continue to see hikes or how much do we wait to see, or should they wait, I should say, to see whether or not the hikes that have already happened are actually moving to restore price stability?
2: Yeah, well, I think the key key thing we're talking about here is... um, there seems to be very strong views in the market at the moment around the inflationist camp and very strong views about the slowdown recessionist camp at the moment. So I think the strongest view to have is not have a strong view and be quite open-minded about it. The problem is the Fed is stuck at the moment uh, with a sticky inflation. Even if it rolls over at the headline, it's coming. the core measure is probably going to stay somewhere around this 5 to 6%. And while you've still got a strong unemployment number, um, that's the Fed's policy, so they're going to have to keep on hiking here. Um, that may not necessarily line up with the growth backdrop, and you're seeing this with the gross domestic income and the, and the GDP. So GDP is obviously very, very weak, but gross domestic income is still relatively strong. Mm. So it's telling you it's really stuck in, the, I suppose, that upper echelon of earners and really not getting into the lower uh, income bracket, which really drives that GDP at the moment. So that's going to keep them hiking, I think, And uh, even though we're going to see a slowdown. So that's quite a, a dilemma for them, and they haven't faced that for uh, a couple of decades now.
1: It's been a long time since the Fed led the markets. The markets have led the Fed. And the markets are telling the Fed now, you have a bit of a problem here. And the Fed doesn't seem to be listening.
2: Yeah, look, I think they're very dogged on the inflation number right now. And that's going to be the problem. We're going to see that uh, very unfortunate wedge driven into, into uh, the outcomes here. Much higher rates with higher inflation outcomes while growth starts to, to peter off. And that's not a great recipe for risk assets right now. So we would be uh, you know, underweight credit now relative to our indexes. Uh, still expecting the rate hikes to be uh, to come through. Yeah, Powell's talking along those lines. Again, they're going to make a mistake. Um, they're probably going to keep hiking until they break markets. And uh, he's more or less said that publicly as well, that uh, he's not that concerned about financial markets. He's more concerned about inflation. And again, focusing in on that unemployment number, which obviously we all know is a very, very, very backward-looking number. So it really doesn't give you a lead on where the economy is going. All the forward-leaning indicators are pointing to a uh, slowing across the board.
0: So the Fed hiking as we see the PBOC stay accommodative and more signs of weakness in China's economy. You're saying uh, potentially look at onshore Chinese bonds here.
2: Look, yeah, we love the Chinese bonds at the moment, Uh, the only bond market in the world that's up year to date, around 3.7% if you're looking at the index level, Uh, and they're up again last year as well. So they've been the great diversifier in everybody's portfolio that we've been trying to get our clients on board with. Uh, This year, unfortunately, we saw a lot of profit taking on a tactical asset allocation basis as soon as those yields went below the U.S., but obviously, it's been the place to hide out. You've got very low inflation. Uh, if you look at developed market inflation, it's broadly around this, let's say, 6% to 10 mm-hmm. Whereas if you look across Asia, we see inflation around this 3 to 7% and, and China being at the lower end of that, which means bonds can still remain very, very well bid. Yeah, but Even you lose the- on the currency, though, right? Well, actually now it's the opposite, right? So we would, yes, you would lose it if you're unhedged, but what we're saying now is you should be fully hedged. Um, up until about the middle of the year, it costs you to hedge. It's actually flipped around the other way. Okay. So you now pick up about 150 basis points in, one, if you hedged. One quick final question. Um, at some point, the market will see value
1: in the short-term bond yields uh, in the United States. Uh, and, and will that be because of
2: level or because of data? I think it'll be a combination of both. But right now, we're saying that income's back. And to your point, it's the front part of the yield curve where value is offered, uh, where there's less risk that you're going to lose money in a total return sense and uh, less risk in a capital loss perspective as well. So we'd be in anywhere in between the one to three.
0: Hayden, always a pleasure. Hayden Briscoe, Head of Emerging Markets and Asia-Pacific Fixed Income at UBS Asset Management in our Hong Kong studio.